0: You ever seen the broadway show chorus line no you like elton john
1: no you know who uh
2: casey tibbs is
0: baseball player
2: close richard petty no mm. waiting Jennings. no nope. no when you tell somebody something it depends on what part of the united states you're standing in as to just how dumb you are
0: Mr. Bandit, you have a lyrical way of cutting through the bolt.
2: And you have
1: a unique way with the English language, Miss Frog.
0: Don't you ever take that hat off for anything?
1: You your sure? Breakfast.
2: I take it off for one thing. And one thing and only. You
1: live much too oh. Hard.
0: Bandit, you're joker. If we were lost in a desert island together... In the
1: field yes.
0: The you think we'd get along and talk and...
1: sure yeah we get along it'd never be boring i can tell you that it would never be boring
2: Everybody. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. We lost a great one this week. We lost a great one. Mr. Burt Reynolds, 82 years old. Any of you guys that are uh, my age or uh, or older, maybe even a little younger, know this guy. Smokey and the Bandit, uh, Deliverance, Cannonball Run, Smokey and the Bandit 2, Cannonball Run 2, Cannonball Run 3. Uh, let's see, Evening Shade, uh, Boogie Nights. Uh Mystery Alaska. There's hundreds of movies this guy's done. <clears throat> he was cool, man. He was he was the original Fonz, I think. And uh, you know, I was looking for a movie clip of uh of Bert Reynolds to play in his honor, in his memory. And you know, there's just there's something about Burt Reynolds that was just not that vocal. It was mostly just how cool he was and his it was very physical. You know, I look at deliverance and there's lots of scenes in there, but most of them are him shooting his bow and arrow or him, uh, you know, being a, being a physical guy, didn't have a lot of talking in it. <clears throat> Smokey and the Bandit, his, you know, it was facial expressions and his reactions to other people and uh, all kinds of stuff. That was a scene from Smokey and the Bandit. And I, I left out the part where she says, take your hat off. Uh, because, you know, I thought, hey, he's never boring. He never was boring. This is a guy that you just had to love. And uh, anyway, uh, we'll, we'll miss uh, Burt Reynolds and, uh, you know, part of our... <clears throat> Seems like every week we're losing somebody that was part of our lives. Uh, like I said, la- a couple, two, three weeks ago, uh, Aretha Franklin was part of uh, the soundtrack of our of our lives growing up, and uh, Burt Reynolds was, you know, part of our part of our growing up Saturday afternoons at the movies. So, <clears throat> anyway, and then we uh, used uh, "Turn It On Again" uh, from Genesis uh, for the music, cause uh, that was instead of. But uh, having uh, Sally Field say, "Take your hat off." Um, so anyway, um, you know, there's there's nothing boring going on. Hey, Tuesday is is September 11th, and my uh, annual September 11th show. I'm gonna play it next week because there's too darn much stuff going on this week to talk about. And since it fell right in between this weekend and last and next weekend next weekend uh half of my show will be the 911 show uh don't miss it i've been playing that every year for like the last uh 10 years or something last 10 years 9 years i don't know i don't don't remember if i did it the first year if that was my first year on the on this will be my 11th 911 on the on the air, but anyway, uh, uh, but we're going to talk about everything that's going on this week. I'm going to try and get all through it in an hour because I got a ton of it here. But so first, let me get to introducing myself. My name is Ed Hoffman, President, Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender, located here in Southern California. Offices all over the place, licensed in California, Arizona, in the process of Nevada, Ohio, Texas, and Florida. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll-free area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get in touch with me but you don't want to talk on the phone because you're uh, calling during your work hour, work hours and you're not supposed to be stealing time from your boss, uh, go online at wccloans.com, click on Looking for a Loan, click on Apply Now. Uh, Put in as much information as you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back. You'll hear back from myself or one of my uh, talented teammates, Eric Marquez, Alex Rojas, Cody Bradbury, Aaron Fredericks, and we'll help you uh, find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. If you uh, hear something that you want repeated, you can uh, get the uh, repeat of this uh, this show. You can get on podcast at edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net, Go to the podcast page, and you can hear this show as several past as well as several past shows. <clears throat> and if you can't wait till next week for the 9-11 show, you can. There's actually a uh, a link to the 9-11 show as well. Um, you can also get the uh, podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes, where you can uh, have it download download automatically. You can subscribe for free, so to download to your. Uh, your phone or your computer, your iPad, your iWatch, your I, your mini pad, your maxi pad, your computer, anything that you uh, listen to podcasts on, and uh, have it uh, download, and you can listen to it on demand anytime you want. Um, follow me on uh, Twitter at Ed, Hoffman, at Ed Hoffman, where I tweet about current events all week long. And like the show on Facebook, facebook.com, slash the main event, Ed Hoffman. And <clears throat> if you want to be on my personal Facebook, you can just uh, search me. I'm not hard to find especially if you know what I look like um and uh, if you see a gray-haired a gray-haired gray-haired young, young-looking dude with with old hair I give that uh, you give that my uh, my buddy Randy Sampius used to say hey I'm the old guy the young guy with the old hair when he went gray so now I'm the young guy with the old hair uh so uh with that cute young chick my wife next to me that's me and if you uh and if you want to leave me some comments on the show call me on the listener hotline 855-640-2092 I have some today from last week's show that I'm going to play later, but I want to play them in an appropriate spot um, that goes with what I'm talking about today. So uh, 855-640-2092 if you want to leave comments. So let's get on to it. Uh, We've seen some prominent people buried over the past week. As I mentioned, uh, Aretha Franklin, I don't know, it took two weeks to uh, to have her funeral. I guess uh, if you're going to have that many people at your funeral, it takes time for them to make travel plans. Um, So starting with Aretha Franklin, the Queen of Souls epic eight-hour long funeral at the Greater Grace Temple in Detroit was attended by hundreds, including many celebrities. But the ceremony was not without inappropriate race-baiting and Trump-bashing. Here's Al Sharpton, who who doesn't speak very good English and apparently doesn't spell either.
1: You know, the other Sunday on my show, I misspelled respect. And a lot of y'all... A lot of y'all corrected me. Now I want y'all to help me correct President Trump to teach him what it means.
2: And I say
1: that because when word had went out that Ms. Franklin passed, Trump said she used to work for me. No, she used to perform for you. She worked for us. Hey!
2: Yes! She worked for us. Who's us? Is that you, people? You know, what is? what are you referring to? She worked for us. You know what? Uh, I wonder if she performed for Trump and she was getting paid. If she was getting paid to perform, that's the same thing as working for somebody. You know what? that's the way it is guys you know I hire a band for a party in my backyard or a part or a to play at a, one of our company parties parties guess what they're performing for us but guess what they're working for me at that at that particular time okay so uh, apparently he doesn't understand English he can't talk English um, he can't spell respect and um, apparently can't sing and he obviously can't pay his taxes either uh, according to uh, what I find out. Uh still as of 2014, just four short years ago, he's still four and a half, four and a half million dollars in arrears on his non profit. <clears throat> you know what I think, uh I wonder how much Paul Manafort, you know, Paul Manafort everyone's talking about. Well, you know what? Look what happened. Trump's got a uh, campaign manager, he's been he's been convicted. Yeah, he's been convicted of cheating on his taxes in 2010, 11, 12, and 13 and 14. Trump didn't hire him until 16. So this guy had nothing to do with Trump, but we're still blaming it on Trump that he cheated on his taxes. He's going to jail. How come Trump how come Sharpton isn't? Sharpton didn't pay his taxes either. Oh, he's black. I forgot. And he's and he's uh he's part of the Rainbow the Rainbow Coalition. So I guess he's uh he's he's exempt. He's friends with Hillary Clinton. So he's exempt from the law. Of course, he used to be friends with Trump up until Trump became president. I don't know. I don't know. Just, uh, just uh, two sided, two sided stuff. So Sharpton wasn't the most controversial uh, figure in this attendance, though. Uh, Nation of Islam founder Louis Farrakhan. Some Democrats are finally starting to distance themselves from because of his obsession with anti-Semitism. Uh, for those of you not familiar with it, if you're not Jewish, you don't maybe don't know what that is. But it means they doesn't like Jewish people. Uh, was given to he was given a prominent seat in the service. On stage was where he was sitting. He wasn't asked to speak, but he was seated directly next to Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson, and former Bill Clinton. I was going to use some Jesse Jackson clips, but we couldn't understand that word he was saying anyway. So I just go, so that was uh, Jesse Jackson. Um, But since the media understands their Democrat friends don't want to be associated with, with Farrakhan anymore, many new outlets ch- chose to crop Frank uh, Farrakhan out of their photos. So uh, here's a journalist, Joshua Yasme um, He put, at MSNBC, at Variety, at ABC, all crop out anti-Semite Louis Farrakhan from the front row shot at the Retha Franklin funeral. This is what dishonest media coverage looks like. Fellow journalists, this is why people don't trust us. Give them the full picture. Don't paternalistically censor. So you can see pictures. He he posts the pictures in here. There's a picture of all four of them next to each other, but when these uh, ABC, MSNBC, and Variety posted the pictures, they just cropped him right out uh, and just showed the Clinton, uh, Jesse Jackson, Al, and Al Sharpton. So even some of the less famous attendees didn't shy away from being offensive. The The Reverend Jasper Williams who delivered the eulogies for Aretha Franklin's father, brother, and sister, offended her family with some remarks in his eulogy. This sounds just like a eulogy. Listen here. If
1: you choose to ask me today, uh, do black lives matter? Let me answer like this. No, black lives do not matter. Black lives will not matter. Black lives ought not matter. Black lives should not matter. Black lives must not matter. Until black people start respecting black lives and stop killing ourselves, black lives can never matter.
2: You know what? Uh, I don't think his message was a bad message because if you heard the part right before that, he talked about how, how uh, the Ku Klux, Ku Klux Klan killed... Like three thousand people between in the last eighty years, the Ku Klux Klan had had killed like three thousand black lives over eighty years. And then he goes on to say, if you look at how how many lives uh, black people, how many black, how many lives black people lose killed by black people, and you uh, it's like six thousand six thousand people uh, every six months. And uh, I remember the exact numbers, but it added up to like five hundred and ninety-two thousand black lives in the same eighty years as the Ku Klux Klan got rid of three thousand. He says, "Hey, you know what? When one cop kills one black guy, everybody's ready to, to protest and riot." And he said that when the uh, when, but when five hundred ninety-two thousand people, black people, are killed by black people, nobody says nobody says a thing. And that's what he says there. So I think his message was sounded like something uh, I've heard from other black leaders and I don't, and I don't disagree with it, but was it appropriate for that funeral? I think not. So, Hey, am I raining on the dead people here? Am I, am I, am I having no respect for Aretha Franklin by pointing that out? No, I am not having disrespect for Aretha Franklin. I'm saying, Hey, this was inappropriate grandstanding by this, uh, Reverend Jasper Williams. And, uh, the statement from the family, Reverend Jasper Williams spent more than 50 minutes speaking at no time. At no time. Did he properly eulogize her? Franklin's nephew, Vaughn Franklin said in a statement issued on behalf of the family. We feel that Reverend Jasper Williams jr. Used this platform to push his negative agenda, which as a family, we do not agree with. So while we're talking about that, let's go to the next person who got, uh, uh, buried this past week. And, uh, we talked for half the show on it last week, uh, Mr. John McCain. So uh, John McCain had five days of funerals last weekend. Um, Scott and I recorded last Friday, but it went on until Sunday. Um, Sunday morning Sunday morning was his last official funeral, I guess. No, I think this was Saturday. I think this was Saturday when Meghan McCain spoke. Um, it might have been Sunday, which, whatever it was. The funeral of Senator John McCain... Uh, where the deceased own family chose to use the occasion as a platform for bashing Trump, despite the fact that he lent... Despite the fact that many of you don't know that Trump lent the family Air Force Two to fly his body from the service in Arizona to the Capitol Rotunda in in Washington, D.C., where he lay in state to the uh, state and then to the burial at the U.S. Naval Academy in, in Maryland. So... Instead of chipping uh, him in a, in a uh, commercial plane or in a mil- military plane, they sent Air Force Two, uh, which is uh, what carts around the vice president, as I understand it. So they uh, loaned that to the family. Didn't need to, but they did. And uh, still, Meghan McCain took shots at, uh, at Trump from, the, uh, from uh, while she's delivering the eulogy. Let me play a little piece.
0: We gather here to mourn the passing of American greatness. The real thing, not cheap rhetoric from men who will never come near the sacrifice he gave so willingly, nor the opportunistic appropriation of those who live lives of comfort and privilege while he suffered and served. The America of John McCain is generous and welcoming and bold. She is resourceful and confident and secure. She meets her responsibilities. She speaks quietly because she is strong. America does not boast because she has no need to. The America of John McCain has no need to be made great again because America was always great.
2: Yeah, well <clears throat> I hate to rain on Megan's Megan McCain's parade. Um I I posted this on Facebook and uh as I was you know, I read I read this back and I said, Man, I must I must have rewrote this a few times because I nailed it on here. So let me just read what I, what I post. I put, I just, this is, I, I watched this. It was about a 40 minute speech, 40 minute eulogy. And I will tell you that I am not reading it. Um, I will admit I was wiping my eyes a couple of times. Don and I were watching it and, uh, we try not to admit that, that our, our eyes drip sometimes cause we're tough guys. Um, but <clears throat> it was, it was touching at times. So that's what I posted. I just watched Megan McCain's entire speech at her father's funeral. Well, I thought it was an overall moving eulogy of her father that she obviously loved very much. I think the speech came off a little angry. Angry that, at the fact that her father deserved more recognition than he got, more appreciation than he got, more respect than he got. Angry at Donald Trump for what reason, I don't know. Okay, I know, I know they said some nasty things about each other, and I know, and, but I put, for what reason, I don't know. I don't know why she's angry at him, because she seemed, she seemed angry, like blamed Trump that he died. Okay. We don't need to make, she, she said, I put, quote, we don't need to make America great again. It's always been great. I partially agree with her. It has always been great. But after her father lost to Barack Hussein Obama, there were eight years of a start of a fundamental transformation of our country that turned our country about face. It taught our country that it's okay to sponge off the government, that we are all owed something because we are Americans. Not that we owe it to ourselves, our families, and our country to do all we can do and be all we can be, but that our country owes us. All I can say is, what the... Fill in that last word. Where did this come from? Consequently, America had always been great until the most corrupt presidential administration in history, the Obama administration. Trump came in to turn things around and to make America great again. I know this sounds uh, pretty harsh. Maybe not. I know, I know Trump is politically incorrect in what he says and how he says things, but apparently the message he is sending is resonating with the voters. Otherwise, he would not have won the White House. While Meghan McCain and others celebrate John McCain's John McCain's Maverick Go Against the Grain style and temper temper and I and I'll inject in here, many people from the uh from the uh that were delivering comments at the funeral talked about his temper. And we talked about this last week. So apparently this guy said things, said things when uh he didn't think the mics were catching him that uh uh he probably wouldn't say in front of a in a in a presidential campaign. So they celebrate John McCain's maverick go against the grain style and temper, and the fact that he 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 speak what was on his mind and it, that he would speak his speak what was on his mind at any given time. None of this is afforded to Donald J. Trump. Megan continuously took shots at the president as if it was his fault that her father died. He was three to four days from his eighty second birthday. He had a long great life, and no one killed him. He had a brain tumor it's no one's fault. Get over it, let him rest in peace so I say, I, you know, I, I say this, you know what, apparently, apparently this came off uh, last week and, and I got a lot of good, uh, positive response on my post on Facebook, but as I'll remind you every week, don't forget about the main event listener hotline. If you leave a, if you leave a message at eight five five I'm not afraid to take some insults and I'm not afraid to back it up. Cause like Donald Trump, I will back it up. And uh, I got a uh, I got a call this week in regards to our uh, mine and Scott's uh, comments last week from this gentleman in your Belinda.
0: Hey Ed, this is Armin in your Belinda. Just switching the radio around, heard some of your comments this morning regarding uh, uh, John McCain, and uh, didn't know that uh, someone could be so desperate to be belittling someone who's not even in the ground yet. Are you so desperate to protect Trump? After he's impeached, wondering if you will still be as vocal about those who oppose uh, Trump. Anyway, rather surprised you have no respect for the dead, and you must be really desperately trying to support him. Unfortunately, thank you.
2: Well, what should I say to that? Desperate to support to support Donald Trump. Hey, you know what? Let me uh, let me just clarify some things. I wasn't supporting Donald Trump. I wasn't. I wasn't defending Donald Trump. I was saying, "Hey, you know what? Is this appropriate at a funeral?" And the reality. The reality is, is stuff that stuff that Trump says is the same stuff that McCain says, same thing that I say, and the same thing that all you other Republicans say. Uh, we just don't say it in front of the uh, in front of the cameras, in front of the microphone, uh, all the time. Well, I do most of the time, except for the, the words that I'm not allowed to say on the radio. <clears throat> I respect the guy who says what's on his mind. I respect the fact that he tweets out his thoughts. I like to know where Trump is coming from because we sure as hell didn't know where Obama was coming from. We know where he came from, and it wasn't the United States. Okay, don't be a birther, Ed. Don't be a birther. We know that his his birth certificate was altered. It's been proven. There's lots of YouTubes out there, and I had my IT guy go on and pull that thing off and, and break it down through uh, Adobe uh, Acrobat Illustrator and verified that it was in fact altered, so I know for a fact that was, but we know he grew up for the first uh, eight or ten years of his life in Indonesia. I don't know when do you think when do you think you get indoctrinated into what America is? Is it in their first ten years? is it your first twenty years? Is it your first five years? But you know we know he he grew up in a whole different world than anybody did. So we don't know where he was coming from. We only know what he said, and we know that when he was uh behind the mic behind the mic. Without his teleprompter, he had a hard time finding words to put sentences together and ask questions. So we don't even know whose words he says when he said them. And the other thing that this gentleman called, i not he said his name really fast, couldn't hear it. But uh, he said, hey, you know, I wonder if I'll still be defending him when he gets impeached. <clears throat> As I understand the laws, you have to break, you have to break a law to, uh, to be impeached. And so far I haven't seen him in, uh, break any laws. It's not against the law to hire a guy who hire a guy as your campaign manager who cheated on his taxes five years earlier. And as Ben Carson says, if I want to get you, I want to see your taxes. We're going to find something you cheated on. And it's not against the law to allegedly cheat on your wife. If he cheated on his wife, you know the only person who can who can uh, fault him who who can uh, who who can enforce that is his wife. And I don't know what kind of uh, I don't you know, I don't know for sure that any of this thing is any of this thing is real. I know that uh, Lisa Bloom, uh, Gloria Allred's daughter, was was offering to pay women's houses off to come out and claim that he had sexually harassed them at one point. And we know that's we know that's a fact. So I don't know. I'm not defending anybody and I'm not disrespecting the dead. I'm just saying, is this appropriate? John McCain was a hero in in many aspects and you know he was he was a less than perfect guy at the same time just like Trump, just like you and just like me. anyway that's my uh, that's my comeback for that uh, call. Hey, I'm all out of time for part one. Stay tuned for five minutes commercials, weather, traffic and sports and I'll be right back with part two don't go away. Back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, President Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. I do not talk about a lot about real estate or financing on the radio because I find the more I talk about uh, real estate and financing, the less you guys listen. But if you're interested in getting a refinance or you want to buy a house, or you want to, uh, you want to uh, get a reverse mortgage, if you're not really sure about how those things are, call me, toll free, 855-640-2020. Or go on wccloans.com, click on uh, looking for a loan, fill out the fill out the form there, tell me how much information you want back, you'll hear back from me. Otherwise, 855-640-2020. Um, you know what I'll tell you, uh, just to give you an idea, <clears throat> I, I've closed about... Four or five loans in the last in the last two weeks that other lenders turned down and the only thing I did is take off co-signers. The only thing I did is look at it and go, hmm, why did they add this cosigner? I can get them qualified without it. I have one lender, I have one uh one loan for someone who's buying a brand new house that the in-house lender said they had to pay off a lease car, which means pay off the rest of your lease and the residual and on a VA loan and I said hey you qualify without it what's the problem and uh and I got him approved for that um somebody I took off some uh some uh uh some uh, co-signers and uh one person one person had been in escrow for uh 45 days and got turned down because of student loans and uh I was able to qualify him with the student loans the same exact loan they were going after and it was just a uh, asking a question. Hey, you know what? I know this is in forbearance, but here's the uh, here's the uh, thing from Sally Mae saying what the payments are going to be based on their income income driven repayment plan. You know what? It, it's having a little bit of imagination. Um, I don't do anything. I don't sell any products that are different than anybody else, and I don't do anything anybody else couldn't do. They just don't have the imagination. They don't have they don't have the thinker. You know what I use? Uh, I use my uh, my my mouth and my and my uh, ears in the proportion that that God put them on my head. And uh, usually, if I listen to what your what your deal is, I can figure out a way to solve your problem. So anyway. Uh, Call me, toll free at 855-640-2020 if you need financing. Um, so anyway, uh, don't forget about the listener hotline as I discussed right before the uh, right before the break. Um, 855-640-2092. If you're inspired by anything I said or you're mad about anything I said and you want to give me a comment, call in, put it on there. Here's one other one we got last week.
1: I've been watching the Kavanaugh
0: uh, proceedings and I am just so discouraged. As the direction our country is going into, I mean, we fight the good fight, but the left is winning, and they're going to have their anarchy. They are the party of anarchy.
2: Well, you know what? Uh, the left appears to be winning, but I saw a thing on uh, a uh, a uh, some polls this morning uh, showing that Cox and uh, Newsom are like 44% to 39%. Newsom is in the lead right now, but Cox is right behind him. And I know that Cox is not a super inspirational guy, but Newsom is Satan. We can't let him have we can't let him run California. So, basically saying that if uh I mean, he wants to he wants to have the state pay for for uh, uh all medical care for illegal aliens. Why don't you just come out and say it we're just gonna we're just gonna open the borders and let everybody come in. I mean, we can't sustain that. This is a math problem, folks. This is why we elected Donald Trump because he's a businessman. He can do math. There's some common sense and some math here and uh that's all that's that's important said if the Republicans actually get up off their butts and 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 vote in this midterm we could we could have a big red wave. We could turn California. Turn California red, and turn and keep the 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 House and the Senate as the Republican majority. So anyway, November eighth, November eighth is Election Day. Is that right, Dan? November sixth. November sixth. Okay, Democrats. November eighth. Everybody else. November sixth. That works. Okay, so uh, November sixth. I'll be on a cruise ship by then on my way to Hawaii, but I will vote before I leave. And, uh, and we will, before the election, go through all the propositions as somebody requested uh, last election. And I failed to do that, so I'll give you my opinions on, the, on all the propositions before the election time. So let's go on to Bob Woodward, a uh, uh, veteran uh, Washington Post reporter, uh, put out a new book, or he's got a new book coming out. It's called Fear, colon, Trump in the White House. And it was released this week, so it came out this week. Woodward claimed to quote several senior Trump officials in the book, many of whom are denying they said things attributed to them, which include the following claims. <clears throat> and I, and you know, and uh, we were talking earlier before we started recording. Trump's getting hit from all sides. Every week it's something else. Okay, so here's a book. And this is one of the things I was think, thinking about this morning. You know, it used to be, if you saw it on the news when we had... Uh, Channel two, Channel four, Channel seven, and then if uh, when you're really bored, you can, uh, uh, or when or when something was preempting that you want to see, you could have a five, nine, eleven, and thirteen. So when there was only only broadcast TV, it seemed like we trusted the news because if they broadcast it on TV, it was probably true. Now, how many channels are there? Who knows what's true? Which channel is telling the truth? Which channel is not? This is why I say listen to whole speeches, read whole stories. Get all the information. Think about it. Don't don't buy the buy the the little the little uh, clips that they put out on the internet. Because depending on who's putting it out, is telling you is telling you the story they want you to hear. And you know you hear stuff out of context. Use your own brain. So here are the claims that Bob Woodward put in his book. And of course, if it's in a book, I read it in a book, it must be true. That's not always true. Okay. Claim one: White House chief of staff John Kelly described Trump as an idiot. It's it's pointless to try and convince him of anything, Woodward quotes Kelly, saying. He's gone off the rails. We're in crazy town. I don't even know why any of us are here. This is the worst job I've ever had. On Tuesday, Kelly said Woodward's account was false. Uh, Claim 2. Trump allegedly called Attorney General Jeff Sessions a traitor and mentally retarded for recusing himself from overseeing the Russian probe. This guy is mentally retarded, Woodward claims Trump told staffers. He is... He's this dumb southerner. He couldn't even be a one-person country lawyer lawyer down in Alabama. Now he couldn't even be a one country a one-person country lawyer down in Alabama. <clears throat> Somehow I don't really I you know I I don't I wouldn't be surprised if that was true, but I don't really care. Okay? Uh he's terrible. He's saying mean things about people. Yeah, he's saying what he's thinking, and we're all thinking the same thing. Sessions is a nobody. He's a nothing. He's doing nothing. He's not, he's not doing what we want him to do. We want him to enforce the laws for everybody. Claim three, lots of claims about Secretary of Defense James Mattis. This book links number number of statements to Secretary Mattis, including one that Trump has, quote, the understanding of a fifth or sixth grader. Yeah, well, if you remember if you remember this game show, some of those fifth graders were smarter than than lots of adults. Another account in this book is that Mattis had to rein in Trump after a phone call in which the president ranted about wanting to effing kill Syrian President Bashar Assad. Mattis issued a statement Tuesday condemning the book as uniquely Washington brand of fiction. You know what? Well, I'm gonna I'm, I'll wait for this next next uh, comment till we get to the op-ed that was going on. So, uh, claim four, senior staffers remove papers from Oval Office desks so Trump won't see them. Here's CNN correspondent Jamie Gangle on that.
0: It opens with this dramatic scene where former chief economic advisor Gary Cohen sees something on the president's desk, a draft document. He thinks it's a danger to national security and he swipes it off the president's desk and hides it. Uh, He says that when he saw it, he was, quote, appalled, according to Woodward, and that he did it for patriotic reasons. The quote in the book is, got to protect the country. And he wasn't alone. There were others. Rob Porter, the former staff secretary, worked with Cohen to do this. It was done, according to Woodward, with the acquiescence of former chief of staff Reince Priebus. And in addition to that, uh, even from Chief of Staff Kelly's days more recently, what you hear is an attempt to, when they think he's doing something dangerous, to distract him, slow roll, do whatever they can to prevent him from doing things that they think are a danger.
2: Really? Well, you know what? I just wonder, does this Does this become a problem here? Is the FBI going to investigate this stuff? We'll see what happens with uh, Jeff Sessions. Because if this is true, is this not Gary Cohen being another Peter Strzok where he's seeing stuff on the president's desk and he's single-handedly deciding what's best for the country and he's taking it over? Is that like espionage? because at least the president can see it he can make and he can make he can make come to some fast conclusions that may be wrong but he's got how many people in president's cabinet 20 people all the secretaries and plus all his other advisors so he's got 20 30 50 people advising him you know you can come off with something and I'll tell you that you know I I uh people ask me about situations in my company and sometimes they say hey screw that guy we're we're no fire him and then somebody goes well wait, wait wait let's 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 think about this maybe it's maybe that maybe that's not fair and we go back uh, okay you're right okay i mean that's someone who thinks i think and when i when i have an initial thought initial reaction i say it and then my people that i trust around me talk and i listen to them you know what we didn't elect trump because he knows everything about everything. That's why there's 20 different uh, secretaries because there's no one that, that's an expert on, on, uh, on uh, national defense and how to negotiate with other countries and uh, energy and education and our national parks and every other little, th- every other little thing that we have a secretary of. There's, there's secretaries for all. There's like 20 different, 20, 25 different secretaries. And those people have complete staffs. There's thousands of people that that run these things. Trump's just one president. So if he comes off with, "Oh man," and comes to a conclusion and says something, so what? If Gary Cohn is pulling stuff off his desk or uh who's the other guy? He he's a, he's another Peter Strzok. That's a problem. That's a problem. Well, you know, that's a that's a bad reflection on uh on Trump. Well, I don't know that I, I don't know that I see it that way. And I'm not just blindly defending the president. I just know how things run. I know how how much it costs to run a business. I know how you have to how it's different when you think about running a business and the US government is a business, the United States economy is a business. If you think about it, when I run my company, it's my money. I get defensive about where we spend it. I get defense, I get, you know, I get, uh, I decide, hey, I want to spend more money on this because I want to market harder. Or hey, this marketing thing isn't working. Let's slow down on this because it's not getting the result we want. Or hey, I need this employee and they want, they need more money or else they're not changing jobs. Let's pay pay them a little bit more. Or wait, this person is a, is a waste of, is a waste of space. Get rid of them. People in the government are spending somebody else's money. They don't give a, Darn Oops, almost said something. That, so they, they don't care. It's different. So next, there's a uh, there's an op-ed that was printed in the New York Times. And uh which goes right along with this. Maybe this is the same Gary Cohen that wrote this. Who knows? It was uh it was it was submitted to the uh to the New York Times and everybody's talking about it as uh, as a uh, anonymous. I work for the president, but like minded colleagues... Uh, but like-minded colleagues and I have vowed to thwart parts of his agenda and his worst inclinations. So uh, it says President Trump is facing his presidency unlike any faced by a modern by a modern American leader. He's facing a test to his presidency unlike so yeah you're right because everybody in the country has been pushing a certain particular a certain particular agenda and the agenda is there's a whole bunch of money in the tax in the tax fund let's spend it how we want and if we spend too much we just print more money and we put our kids and our grandkids in debt and at some point the the debt's going to get called and and so we don't have there's no responsibility and there has to be there has to be so he's he's facing facing opposition because we elected him because we got tired of everything else said, hey, everybody's doing the same thing, putting us more in debt, giving away money, they're driving this country in the wrong direction. We decided, we the people decided, we wanted something different, we wanted Donald Trump, and we elected him. It's not just the special counsel large, uh, looms large, or that the country is bitterly divided over Mr. Trump's leadership, or even that his party might well lose the White House in opposition hell-bent on his downfall. The dilemma, which he does not fully grasp, is that many senior officials in his own administration are working diligently from within to frustrate parts of his agenda and his worst inclinations. I would know I'm one of them. Uh, to be clear, it's not the popular resistance of the left. We want the administration to succeed and think that many of his policies have already made America safer and more prosperous. But we believe our first duty is the country, and the president continues to act in a manner that is detrimental to the health of our republic. Says who? That is why many Trump appointees have vowed to do what we can to preserve our democratic institutions while thwarting Mr. Trump's more misguided impulses until he's out of office. The root of the problem is the presidency's amorality. Anyone who works with him knows he's not moored to any discernible uh, first principles that guide his decision making. Guess what? He's not an expert in everything. And I don't expect him to be expert in everything. You know why? You know why I felt comfortable? Cause he knows how to make a decision. He knows how to negotiate deals, and he knows it has common sense. He knows how to run a business. Which, back in 1992, is what Ross Perot pointed out to us. We better start making some smart decisions, or this country's going to go broke, and we can't sustain the way the way we run this country. Um. Don't get me wrong. There are bright spots that near ceaseless negative coverage. Uh, of the administration fails to capture effective deregulation historic tax reform and more robust military and more but these successes have come despite not because of the president's leadership style which is impetuous adversarial and petty and ineffective well all evidence to the contrary because things are getting done so his leadership style is say what's on his mind but apparently he listens to his advisors because we're uh we're looking stronger Amongst our uh, our uh, uh, our our allies and our adversaries in, around the world, our country we're at 3.9 percent unemployment and 201,000 new jobs in in uh, in uh, in August. And how about uh, how about our uh, manufacturing jobs are up higher than they've been since like 1969? Um, meetings with him. Veer off topic and off the rails. He engages in repetitive rants and his impulsiveness results in half-baked, ill-informed, and occasional reckless decisions to have, have to be walked back. That's how things get done. In my company, that happens all the time. You know, we, uh, you know, you, this is what, that's what my initial, uh, here's what my initial reaction to that is. And then somebody my HR manager says, Hey, this is how this is how we have to deal with this. Or hey, let's run this by our attorney. Or hey, let's uh, hold on a second. Let's let's consider this. The salespeople need this. They need this support. Blah, blah blah. And you know what? Initial reactions. Hey, so what? We have someone with a strong with a strong personality, that's strong-minded in the in the uh, in the White House. I would rather have that than a than a, a spineless jellyfish, which was Obama. Meeting. uh, Let's see here. It may it may be cold comfort in this chaotic era, but Americans should know that there that there are adults in the room. We fully recognize what is happening. We're trying to do what's right, even even uh, when Donald Trump won't. Well, I think uh, I think that's a problem, and I think they'll find out who it is. So I got uh, I got six minutes left. Let's talk about the Kavanaugh hearings. Every Senate confirmation hearing of of the Trump presidency seems to be more chaotic than the next thanks to protesters from liberal activists, the Democrat senators who try to block uh, Trump's nomination with theatrical stunts. Uh, That was certainly the case this week for the Senate confirmation hearings of Judge Brett Kavanaugh, Trump's second Supreme Court nominee, Uh, for for the protesters elected Democrats, and they tried to hijack the hearings. Kamala Harris of California, Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut, Cory Booker of New Jersey, and Mazie Hirono, of Hawaii all took turns grandstanding about how they want more time to review the 42,000 pages of documents related to Kavanaugh's time in the Bush administration. You know, Kavanaugh's got more, more, uh, he's, he's more open book from a, uh, from his time in the judiciary than probably anyone we've ever nominated. And of course they need more time to review the documents, the documents, although 24 hours after Obamacare came out, they voted on that, uh, thousands of page uh, document and they didn't need to read that but they need that for this even though they've had i don't know when did he get nominated six weeks ago eight weeks ago there were plenty of protesters in the room who for some reason were allowed to interrupt the proceedings all day long let's hear little pieces of this 42,000
0: pages of documents that we have not had an opportunity to review, or read, or analyze.
2: You are out. You are out of order. I'll proceed.
0: We cannot possibly move forward, Mr. Chairman. I extend this a very warm welcome, Judge We have not been Judge given Tavenaw, an opportunity to have a to his wife, hearing Ashley? Mr. The Chairman,
2: if, if we cannot be recognized, I move to adjourn. We have been denied real access to the documents we need. What is the rush? What are we trying to hide by not having the documents out front?
1: It is regular order for us to receive all the documents. To receive all the documents that this committee is entitled to. Okay. Kavanaugh is one of the most distinguished judges, Mr. Chairman. I think we ought to have this this loudmouth removed.
2: Yeah, this is a uh, Kavanaugh's a uh, uh, freaking boy scout. And probably one of, the most, one of the most respected legal minds in the country. Uh, three days for three days, senator after senator asked Kavanaugh to clarify his stance on Roe versus Wade, despite the fact that he's he's called Roe versus Wade settled law dozens of times. Here's Diane Fe- Diane Feinstein got up, was around, and every time she got twenty minutes, to, all she did was say the same exact thing over and over, and ask these same dumb questions.
1: We have an email that was previously marked confidential, but is now public and chose that you asked about making edits to an op-ed that read the following, and I quote, first of all, it is widely understood, accepted by legal scholars across the board that Roe v. Wade and its progeny are the settled law of the land, end quote. You responded by saying, and I quote, I'm not sure that all legal scholars refer to Roe as a settled law of the land, at the Supreme Court level, since court can always overrule its precedent and three current justices on the court would do so. This has been viewed as you saying that you don't think Roe is settled. I recognize the word said it's what legal scholars refer to. So please, once again, tell us why you believe Roe is settled law.
2: So for the 25th time in the course of three days, you know what, maybe, uh, maybe Feinstein should watch the movie with honors.
1: The genius of the Constitution is that it makes no permanent rule other than its faith in the wisdom of ordinary people to govern themselves. Our founding parents were pompous middle-aged white farmers, but they were also great men because they knew one thing that all great men should know, that they didn't know everything. They knew they were going to make mistakes, but they made sure to leave a way to correct them. They didn't think of themselves as leaders. They wanted a government of citizens, not royalty. A government of listeners, not lecturers. A government that could change, not stand still.
2: Yeah, and uh, you know what? This is, uh, I'm going to jump towards the end because I'm almost out of time. Uh, one Democrat decided to amp up the craziness on Thursday, and surprise, surprise, it's 2020 hopeful, presidential hopeful Cory Booker, New Jersey citing 12 pages of Kavanaugh's 2001-2002 emails that he'd previously been labeled committee confidential. Booker dramatically announced that before the TV cameras, he was releasing them in violation of the Senate rules and he was prepared to face punishment. I knowingly violated the rules that were put forth and I'm told that the committee confidential rules have knowing consequences. And so, sir, I come from a long line, as all of us do as Americans, to understand what that, that kind of civil disobedience is, and I understand the consequences. So I am right now, before your before your um, <laughs> process is finished, I am going to release the email about racial profiling, and I understand that that the penalty comes with potential ousting from the Senate. Oh my God! What could it be? Turns out, turns out as I as I run out of time uh republicans had already cleared the emails for release so booker stunt was a complete dud and uh when you read the the emails the specific email is him telling president bush that we should steer away from figuring out uh uh, how to how to put any race into how we're going to protect our airports in the future we'll talk more about this next week because i'm out of time everybody my name's ed hoffman thanks for listening to the main event and i'll be back again with you
1: expressed on this program are of Ed Hoffman and his invited guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of Wholesale Capital Corporation. WCC is licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate. Broker license number 01147747 NMLS 9873. And California Finance Lenders license number 603-K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions. MB number 096199.